one verse and one verse only. Where the word of a king is, there is power. And who may say unto him, what doest thou? Everybody say, the word of a king, there is power. Lord, help us today. Talk to our hearts. God, speak into our lives. Help us today, Lord. God, to have a heart to please you, to walk into your ways. Have your perfect will and way in every life. I pray for your anointing. God, I can't do it without you. It's your word. It's your people. I'm simply the vessel. And God, we pray for that same anointing upon us to receive this word in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you. You may be seated. I want to preach on this thought this morning. The power of the Word. The power of the Word. And there's so much we can preach when we start talking about the Word of God. I mean, there's no way you can compile that into one message. That is just a continuance. The Word of God is, the Bible says, powerful, quicker than a two, uh, sharper than a two-edged sword, dividing us under the soul and the spirit. I mean, the Word of God can pierce into our lives. Amen. And begin to minister heal and to do surgical spiritual surgery when it needs to be praise god but i want to talk about it this morning a little bit and i'm going to be bringing out a number of scriptures for a purpose today but uh in first samuel chapter 5 and verse 1 this was during a very difficult time in israel something they had never really experienced before and it was during the battles with the philistines and Verse 1, it says, When the Philistines took the ark of God and brought it from Ebenezer unto Ashdod. Now, this isn't just some small thing. But this is the ark of the covenant of God. Something that Israel has cherished. Something that God gave them to dwell among them, to represent that. And there's such great items inside the ark. And so it was not just a minor thing, but it was of major implications whenever the Philistines took the ark. It was a, it was a type of defeat of Israel, if you will. But when the Philistines took this, they didn't really know what they had. Now, what made them want it? I know to just take from Israel that which is important, but surely they had watched how the Ark of the Covenant had brought favor to Israel, how God had blessed them when the Ark of the Covenant was there. It blessed the house of Obed-Edom in the days of David. And so they understand the importance and the favor and the blessings of this Ark of the Covenant. So when they took it, surely they had motives, if you will. But they took it and they brought it into the house of Dagon at Ashdod. They brought it into a pagan god. And when they of Ashdod arose early in the morning, behold, their god was fallen upon his face to the earth before, as in worship, to the ark of the covenant. Amen? And so to their surprise, they just set him back up. Aren't you glad we don't serve a God that we got to set up? That we serve a God that sets us up, that picks us up when we fall. And so they set him back up, and so they went about their business. And again, the next day, to their surprise, they walked back in, and Dagon was falling up on his face to the ground before the ark of the Lord and the head of Dagon. 
and both the palms of his hands were cut off upon the threshold and only the stump of Dagon was left to him. Mm, Kind of shocked. Therefore, neither the priest of Dagon nor any that came into Dagon's house tread on the threshold of Dagon and to Ashdod unto this day. This made the Philistines afraid. They didn't know what was going on. They, 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 you know, we've got something here. We really don't know if we want it or not. Because it's causing our God to fall in a type of worship. It's causing our God to lose everything but the stump. And so it's, it's messing up our world. Messing up their theology, if you will. Messing up uh, what they believed in. So they need to get rid of it. They don't know what's going to come next. They're not going to wait till another day. And so they get together and they think about and talk about that, you know what, if this is God bringing judgment upon us, then we need to get this thing back. Hello? And the way they devised their plan was, we're going to get two cows that have calves in the stall. And we're going to put it on a cart. And if those cows carry that ark against their own nature, we know this is coming from the judgment of God, and we want it out of here. And, of course, they put the two calves in the stall. They put the two cows hooked up to the cart. And the Bible says those cows went all the way, lowing all the way. It was totally against their nature. They could hear their calves in the stall looking for mama and needing meal. But there's something that took over them because God says, I need the Ark of the Covenant back among my people. And when it arised, the people of Israel began to rejoice. We'll go to 1 Kings chapter 8, verse 5 through 11. And King Solomon and all the congregation of Israel that were assembled unto them with him were with him before the ark and they were sacrificing sheep and oxen they could not be told the numbered are for the multitude I mean there's they're rejoicing they're worshiping they're sacrificing they're so glad to have the ark of the covenant I would to God that we can reach to a place across this America and across our world that people are excited about the presence of God there would be no more dead church no more dried services no more going through the motions, not no more going through the rituals, but it would all be about the presence of God. It would be about what God is doing and representing in every service. And so Israel was excited. And so the priest brought the ark in the brought in the ark of the covenant of the Lord unto his place where they brought it back where it belonged into the oracle of the house to the most holy place even under the wings of the cherubims for the cherubims spread forth their two wings over the place of the ark and the cherubims cover the ark and the staves thereof above watch what is about to happen and they drew out the staves that the ends of the staves were seen out in the holy place before the oracle and they were not seen without and there they are unto this day and there was nothing in the ark now watch what happens the priest opened the ark of the covenant never in the history of their tenure of priests have they ever opened the ark of the covenant and so they opened the ark of the covenant and there's nothing there but two tablets of stone Now, the question must be in all of our minds because we know that in the Ark of the Covenant there was a pot of manna. 
and there was Aaron's rod that budded. But it's absent. It's not there anymore. So the Philistines must have took it. So we go back to the days of the Philistines when they got the Ark of the Covenant. They checked out what was in it, what's made up here. And they, they, they hear about the things of God. They hear about all that God did for them when the Ark of the Covenant was there. And there was the pot of manna. And there was Aaron's rod that budded. And there was the tablets of stone. So let's just imagine what their thinking must have been what they were thinking. They were saying, you know what? Let's take two of these items and let's leave one of them alone. And so the pot of manna represents the provisions of God. It represents the favor and the blessings of God. And they said, we want that. We want the favor of God. We want the blessings and we want the provisions for God to take care of us. And here is Aaron's rod that budded, which represents miracles and the supernatural. We want that also. We want to be healed when we need to be healed. We want mountains move when we need mountains move. And so they took that, but then they saw the tablets of stone and said, we don't want that. We don't want nothing to do with the law. We don't want the shalls and the shall nots. We don't want the commandments. We don't want no God telling us how to live or what to do. So we're going to leave that there. Hello? I'm afraid in our modern day religion and the world that we're living in that we've got just that type of mentality. Give me the blessings. Give me the provisions. Give me the miraculous. Give me the supernatural. But I don't want the shalls and the shall nots. I don't want the, that's what people seem to be thinking in the religious world of today. Oh, they would never say it. But if we're not careful, that's exactly where our world is headed to. And many religions are already there. Churches will meet. We want the showers of blessings. Preachers will preach. They're, they're motivated messages. And we talk about prosperity. God's going to be there for me. He's going to provide. He'll meet our needs. And we want the supernatural when we need it. But don't give me that word because it wants to tell me how to live. It wants to dictate my life. It wants to tell me what I'm doing wrong. It wants to dictate what I'm doing every day of my life. So just give me the provisions. Give me the supernatural. But don't give me the word of God. But something beautiful happened. They could have said, oh, wow, it's incomplete. What are we going to do now? It's not what it used to be. The pot of matter is gone. Provisions are gone. Blessings and favor are gone. And then Aaron's rod that buddy was put there for a purpose to represent. And so the supernatural and the miraculous is no longer here. So we've got an incomplete art. God must have known what they were thinking or feeling because look at the next few verses. This is incredible. And it came to pass. When the priests were come out of the holy place, probably scratching their heads, wondering where do we go here? We got an incomplete ark. That the cloud filled the house of the Lord so that the priest could not stand to minister because of the cloud. For the glory of the Lord had filled 
that play the house of God. It's like God is saying, you know what? Don't worry about it. It isn't the pot of manna that is most of importance. It is not Aaron's rod that but is that you need the most because they are simply a byproduct of the word. The provisions came from the word. The blessings came from the word. The miraculous and the supernatural came from the word. And all you need for the glory of God to show up is his word. As long as we've got his word, we've got everything that we need. And that's why the devil is attacking the churches of this hour. Get your little shout in. Get your little dance in. Get your feel good in. Sing your songs. Have good church. But stay away from the word. Happy hands to Jesus if you don't mind. Folks, we got to have the word. If we don't have nothing but the word, we're going to be all right. I can live. We can live without the pot of manna. We can live our lives without Aaron's rod that budded and what it represents. But I come to tell you, my friend, we can't live without his word. We can't make it without his word. We're not going to be successful living for God without his word. We're not going to have anything to stand on without his word. So if we lose sight or connection with anything else, we've got to hold on to his word. Woo! Everybody say the power of the word. The glory filled the house. It didn't require. It's like God was saying, Brother Dylan, y'all don't fret. Don't, don't get upset. It's still, my word is right there. And if you got my word, I'll replenish your provision. And if you got my word, I'll bring my supernatural. So don't feel like it's an incomplete art. And so God filled the house with his glory. You know what to bring the glory in this house? It's not provisions. And it's not the miraculous. But I'll tell you what brings the glory in the house is the word of God. What brings healing is the word of God. What brings deliverance is the word of God. What brings salvation is the word of God. Everybody say there's power in the word. Provisions, blessings, favor won't get me to heaven. The supernatural and the miraculous won't get me to heaven. But the word of God is the only thing that's going to get us to heaven. The word of God is the only thing that's going to keep our families together. The word of God is all we need. Don't worry about it. If you don't feel the blessings and the favor and the provisions like you think, don't, don't get discouraged if you don't feel the supernatural or get your miracle. You just hold on to the word because it's all you need to get to heaven. It's all we need for God to fill this place. Everybody said the word. The word gives us a lot. There's no way you could preach all about the word in one service, in a year's worth of services. But watch this. We wouldn't have faith 
if it weren't for the Word. Hello? Romans chapter 10 and verse 17 says, So then, so then, faith cometh, entereth, hello, is given to us by hearing, and hearing by the Word of God. We couldn't have faith if it wasn't for the Word of God. Hello, somebody. And guess what? Without faith, it is impossible to please God. So how in the world ever are we going to think that we can please God without his word? And we need a revelation and we need a revival of the word to come back into our pulpits. I know we preach the word, but we've got to get back to the oracles of God. We've got to get back to the, the line upon line, precept upon precept. We've got to get back to preaching that unadulterated word of truth. Everybody say word. And I know we preach the word every week. Hello? But we've got to as a people. I have to. I can't just hear the word. I can't just amen the word. That's not going to change me. That that ain't going to help me tomorrow just because I heard it today. But what's going to help you and I is when we say, you know what? I don't want to just amen that word. I don't want to just get behind the preacher when he's preaching and say that's a good message. But I want to find something deep in my spirit that says I need that word. Help me eat that word. Help me uh, help us put on that word. Help us apply that word because I'm going to need not the goosebumps tomorrow. I'm not going to need the shout tomorrow. I'm not going to need all I felt Sunday night tomorrow. But I tell you what we're going to need. We're going to need that word strapped as a lamp onto our feet and a light onto our path because tomorrow we got to live in a real world we got to deal with real flesh we got to deal with the real temptations and what's going to get me is not that blessing or that provision but what's going to help us brother Dylan what's going to give us the victory what's going to keep us moving forward is that word can I go ahead and tell you there was a song written by two guys from Mississippi I know their names. I can't think of them. two brothers. It is at the Smithsonian in Washington, D.C. And you're familiar with it. It's called, the old song was, Dust on the Bible. Hello? Dust on the, I, I went and heard the, them sing that. It was in service with them just, just to go hear them. Oh, I wish I could think of their names. But Dust on the Bible was written because too many people go to church. And we're talking about, well, it's written years ago now. And every home almost had a Bible back in the day. But that Bible being in our house ain't going to help us. It's got to be in our hearts. And the only way it gets in our hearts is we got to read it. We got to do more than read it. Come on. I, I, I'm afraid that we're living in a malnourished hour of Christianity where we're living off the highs of a service. Is all right? We're, we're making it from service to service. How many times have we heard that? We get our, our little apostolic shot. We feel God. We get a message. 
and we go back out and fight the world the rest of the week. And flesh. It's all right. But all the while at our home. Come on. See, it, it doesn't matter. It matters. But what matters most is not how much of the word we know. It's how much of the word we obey. Oh, y'all getting quiet on me now. <laughs> but our Bibles are setting. They were, these Bibles were set and they would collect dust. I've been in homes where I've seen it. Hello? Now, I wasn't raised in a home where it collected dust because my mama wore out the pages. But that Bible was collect dust. Can you imagine the treasure that sets in the homes of America that may never be open to see what's in that treasure? It's like an ark of a covenant in itself. It is. This is a covenant that God has made with his people for all the world to open, to read, to find hope, to find direction, to find peace, to find salvation. Come on, somebody. And it's the most, I mean, there's more books of the Bible than any book in the world. They're printed by the thousands upon the thousands, and they'll just sit in the homes and collect dust. You know what we need, friend of mine? We need a Come on, I'm not preaching at or against. I say we need to put away our phones. We need to, I, I, I got a Bible app I listen to in the mornings, but there's nothing replaces opening this speckled bird, this great speckled bird of the recorded words on these white pages that I can read and you can read and it get in our heart was the last time you grabbed your Bible and you hugged it because you loved it. I'm not making an idol out of it, but it is the words of a holy God. We need to get back to sweeping the dust off of our Bibles in our homes, and we need to dig deep for the Bible says, study to show thyself approved, a workman that needeth not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. We'll get our nourishment back. We'll get our spiritual strength back. We'll get our wisdom where it needs to be. We'll get our everything that we need from God. We will get it right here in the holy word. Woo, that, that wasn't, that was free. Come on. Anybody want to Look, bring your Bibles to church. I'm not going to ask you to hold your Bibles up until next week. Let's get that Bible back. Come on. Let's carry it to the workplace. Let's have it somewhere we can grab it every day of our lives. Open it up and begin to read the Word of God. Oh, somebody say praise the Lord. I got to have some water still clapping here. What else does the word gives us? The word gives us truth. The word gives us hope. The word gives us knowledge and understanding. The word gives us the plan of salvation. The word gives us wisdom. The word gives us revelation. The word gives us warning. The word gives us everything we're going to need to live this life. The word gives us the history of God and the word gives us the future of this world. Come on. 
The Word tells us who God is and what God is all about. This the Word that tells us He loves us. It's the Word that tells us He formed Himself in flesh and dwelt among us and gave His life for our sins. It is the Word that teaches us all these things. Now let's move forward just a little bit. Second Kings chapter 22, verse 6, then I'll go 8 through 13. It's all right. Everybody said the power of the word. Let me tell you, there's power in the word. But we have to exercise that power. Amen. Yeah, y'all clap your hands right quick. You say, how is there power in the word? Well, let me just use a small illustration. There's power in the law. And the law doesn't care if I agree with it or disagree with it. It's still the law. The law doesn't care whether I like it or dislike it. It's still a law. The law doesn't care whether I obey it or disobey it. That's my choice. It's still the law. And there's circumstances I'm going to uh, suffer if I disobey it. And there's blessings I'm going to get if we obey it. But the what gives it its power is the authority of the law. There's a judge and there's a lawman and there's all kind of judges to execute sentences and indictments. Hello, somebody. And that's what gives it its authority. Can I tell you the word of God is a power because God is the authority of this word. He has already recorded it. It is forever settled in heaven. Hello, somebody. And it's up to me to obey it and to get blessings or disobey it and get curses. Mm, it's just that simple. But here we are in a day and a time that Josiah, the youngest king ever, eight years old. His daddy was evil, but his mama was good. Hello? She was a godly lady, and she taught him. Well, he began to do the right things, and he wanted to serve God right. And so after a period of time, he wanted them to rebuild the house of God. And so the Bible tells us in verse 6 that he sent carpenters and builders and masons to buy timber and hewn stone to repair the house. He's a good king. But watch this. While working on rebuilding the house, there was a priest by the name of Hilkiah. And Hilkiah... Under the debris and the rubble, he found the book. Hello? This is true. He found a book. Watch what happens. And Hilkiah gave the book to Shaphan, and he read it. It wouldn't have done him no good if he hadn't read it. And Shaphan the scribe came to the king and brought the king word again and said, Thy servants have gathered in the money that was found in the house. They've delivered it into the hand of them that do the work. I mean, there was money there that they have oversight of the house of the Lord. And Shaphan the scribe showed the king, saying, Hilkiah the priest hath delivered me a book. And Shaphan read it to the king. When you read this, it'll make you want to read it with somebody else. Hello? That's just a little preach right there. I mean, if you get it in you, you want to get it out of you. 
That's what's beautiful about the Word of God. When we get revelation, when we get a scripture, or we read some wonderful stuff, and it's a great time for a Bible study because everybody needs to know about this. Everybody needs to hear those stories of old. Everybody needs their faith established. Hello, everybody needs to hear about judgment. They need to hear about deliverance. They need to hear about salvation. They need to hear about Jesus Christ. They need to hear about Calvary. They need to hear about the blood. They need to hear about the of Pentecost. They need to hear about the Holy Ghost. Come on, somebody. Every, but it's right here in the book. Oh, I'm sorry for just preaching down these rabbit trails. And so finds showed the king and it came to pass when the king had heard the word, the words of the book. I'm telling you, it makes a difference. The word is powerful of the law that he read his clothes. Something was happening. Hello? Oh, praise God. And the king commanded Hilkiah the priest, and Hekom the son of Shaphan, and Akbar the son of Micaiah, and Shaphan the scribe, and Ashiah, I don't know how to pronounce these names, a servant of the king, saying, Go inquire of the Lord for me, and for the people, and for all Judah, concerning the words of this book that is found. For great is the wrath of the Lord that is kindled against us. How do they know that? They've read it in the book. Woo! Because our fathers have not hearkened unto the words of this book to do according to all that which is written concerning us. He said, we're in trouble. But the reason we're in trouble is our fathers didn't read the book. Our fathers didn't obey the book. Our fathers didn't line up with the book. And now we're in a mess. What's wrong with our world today? You know why it's wrecked havoc? Why it's crazy? Why there's open perversion everywhere? It's because they put away the book. Well, hallelujah anyhow. Clap your hands to Jesus. He knew. I mean, when they found the book, Brother Moore, it, it, turned, it changed everything. It turned the attention away from building and the focus became on the book he said we got we got a problem here because they begin, they didn't just set the book down well I heard about that book heard a little bit about it no they opened it and nothing would have happened had they not read it I'm telling you the word will not return void when we read it it's going to require a response of some type let me go a little further to prove that point. It was Peter who preached Jesus Christ and him crucified uh, in Acts chapter 2 and verse 30. And when he did in verse 37, when they heard the word, the Bible says they were pricked in their heart or they were convicted. And they asked this question, what must we do? I'm telling you, the word demands a response. The word will bring conviction. The word will create the desire to line up. That's what it did in the days of Hilkiah and Josiah. That word turned things completely around. Hold on. And they've probably been wondering what got us in this mess. What got the house of God in the mess it's in? Because we hadn't been reading the book. 
and we hadn't been following. Our fathers didn't follow it. We got trouble. But here's the question. When did they lose the Bible? When did they lose the scroll? When did they lose the Word of God? Somehow it got lost in the house of God. I wonder today in 2023, has his word become in jeopardy of getting lost in the house of God? That we can have our music and we can have our programs and we can have our feel-good services and we can have great times. It would be a shame that we would come to church and enjoy everything about the service but miss out on the most important thing of all. I got to hurry. I got to hurry. God, give us a revival of the Word. If I say the Word. I got more here and I knew I did that, that I would never get to bring out. But I got to bring these two things out. The parable of the sower. You're familiar with it. Hear you therefore the parable of the sower. When anyone heareth the Word of the kingdom to understand it not, then cometh the wicked one, the devil, catches it away, that which was sown in his heart. Can I tell you the the seed is the Word of God. It's happening here today. It's happening right here today. Every time we gather and every time we open up this Bible, this begins to be applied. The devil don't want, he wants to distract us. Hello? He wants our minds on something else because he don't want this seed to get. I'm telling you, it don't take just a little bit of a word that'll go home with you today, that'll wake you up in the night, that'll be our first thoughts in the next morning. It'll be there to quicken us when we start to do something that's not right. It'll weigh heavy on our mind. It'll be help to stir our soul. Why? Because the word of God will not return void and the devil knows that. So he wants our minds on the job. He wants it on the ball game yesterday. Day. He wants it on the, a- the afternoon activities. He wants it on the troubles in our life because he don't want us to get that word. Because that word's going to do something. Oh, have mercy today. I didn't start too late, so don't worry about it. Thank you. I think I will. That which was sown in his heart, this is he which received, received by the wayside, but he that received the seed in stony places. The same is he that heareth the word and, oh, it's wonderful, I receive it, yet hath no root. But dureth for a while, for when tribulation, when problems come and headaches come and stress come and temptation come, by and by he's offended. He also that received seed among the thorns is he that heareth the word and the care of this world and the deceitfulness of riches choke the word and it becometh unfruitful. That, that word landed at a place. Yeah, this is good. I kind of like this. I like the pot of manna and I like that Aaron's rod at Buddy. But wait a minute. I'm offended because the law all of a sudden tell me I don't need to do that. Hello? That's what it said, offended. And so it doesn't survive either. But then here's where we're headed. This is the importance of it. But it says, and he that received the seed into the good ground, if I say my heart, 
is he that heareth the word and understandeth it, which also beareth fruit and bringeth forth some a hundredfold, some sixty, some thirty. I'm telling you, it matters how we walk into a service. It matters if we have prayed. It matters if our mind and our heart is engaged and attentive to the word of God. It's not just a service that I'm getting parts of. My friend, the devil's doing all he can to distract us because he doesn't want this heart that says, I made up my mind. I need that word. I'm going to receive that word. I'm going to apply that word because that word is going to bring forth fruit. My, my, my. <laughs> you know, we wonder. I know we don't have the greatest memory of all. You ever wonder why preacher preaches, pastor, evangelist, whoever? Somebody asks you tomorrow, what what you, what you preach? You're going, man, it was good. Had a great service. What did he preach? And you just got this blank stare on your face. wonder why that is. Could it be we were so preoccupied with life? Could it be that we weren't sitting under the fountain and receiving the word? Could it be we have other things occupying our thoughts? Huh? You know the reason most folks can't remember somebody's name? Because they wasn't really listening good when they was told to them. Just all right, I'm going to use this while I can. They taught me in sales. Y'all talk about how I can remember names. Well, that's a gift, and I thank God for that. Who are you now? No, I'm kidding. And, and that, that's something that's been important, but they taught me in sales years ago that the key to remember, people want you to remember their names. Hello? And it's important. If you're going to sell them anything, you need to call them by their name. So they said, here's the biggest key to knowing something, remembering somebody's name. Listen when they tell you their name. Our brain is a, is a massive, I mean, it's powerful. It collects stuff and it brings stuff from years ago. Listen to a song you ain't heard in 30 years, you hear, you'll remember every word of it. Come on. Our, our, our minds are, are, are just brilliant. You didn't know you was that smart, did you, brother? No. And then when they tell you their name, when you walk away, say it about seven times. And it will be forever Mark in your memory. I wonder what would happen if we really listened to the word. And what God is, I mean, God ain't just showing up and saying, oh, I got to give them a little message to give them. I got to make them feel good. I got to motivate them. I got to do this. No, no, no. God is saying, I want them to be the best they can be. God is saying, I want them to get the junk out of their life. I want them to be overcomers, be victorious. I want them to make it to heaven. I know where they're living. I know what they're going through. I know what they just faced. I know what they're going to face tomorrow. And so I'm going to give them a word that will help them with all we got to receive it. Oh, praise God. Clap your hands to Jesus. You know why it's so important? Watch this. The scripture says in James 1, 22 through 25, but be ye, I'm only preaching once today, so I got to get all mine in there. Be ye doers of the word and not hearers only. Then it injects this real, I mean, this real powerful statement in the midst of that. 
deceiving your own selves. You see, if I hear this word and I don't do this word, I'm just deceiving myself. Hello? For if any be a hearer of the word and not a doer of the word, he is likened to a man beholding his natural face in a glass, for he beholdeth himself and goeth away straightway. He forgets. I'm a heathen. He forgets. I struggle with this. I struggle with that. I, I don't know how to face this. I, I still got these challenges in life, and I, I, I still got all these idiosyncrasies and all of these flaws and hang-ups and stuff in my life, and I keep trying to overcome it. But I don't know why I can't. Well, switch over to applying the Word. It start working out. We start overcoming. We start getting the stuff out of our life. We start doing better. Why? It's not on our ability. We just begin to follow the word. Hey, preach to me, preacher. Preach to me, preacher. Preach the word. Well, praise God. Now, I'm going to forget what kind of person. This is in closing, so I'll have you standing in just a moment. Therefore, whosoever here, if this is Matthew 7, 24 through 27, Therefore, whosoever heareth these sayings of mine and doeth them, I will liken him to a wise man. How many of you want to be wise people? There's more of you than that. How many of you want to be wise? What a thought. That's most of you. Others just don't want to raise your hand. Which built his house upon a rock. And the rain descended, and the floods came, and the winds blew, and it beat up on that house. And it didn't phase it. Why? It didn't shake the rafters. It didn't blow the roof off. The walls didn't cave in. The foundation was not budged. It's still standing there solid as ever, providing shelter. Why? Because it was... Founded upon the rock. Hold on. And everyone that heareth these sayings of mine and doeth them not shall be likened to a foolish man which built his house upon the sand. And when the rain descended and the floods came and the winds blew and beat upon that house and it fell and great was the fall of it. And folks, this is the core of our lives, our homes, our lives is going to withstand the storms of life, the temptations of life. Is this all right? I'm not preaching for a shout this morning. But I'm preaching for a response when we walk out that door. Come on. The difference in how our house is. It's whether we obey the word of God or not. Because every day we're doing our dead level best. Every time we're taking that word and we're trying to apply it to our lives and you're not taking it for granted, but you're taking it to heart, then guess what? You're building that home on a rock. And when the storms come, when the winds blow, when the floods rage, it's going to come against it. It's going to beat against it, but it's going to be solid because it's on the solid rock. Hello, somebody. It's on Jesus Christ, the rock of ages. And the winds can't detour. It cannot make it tumble. But if we do not, if we don't, 
house is going to crumble. And here's something key in closing, Brother Dylan. And it fell. And great was the fall of them. What is that saying? There's going to be major heartache and major woe, major hurts and major complications. It's going to run deep into the children. It's going to run deep into the grandchildren because we didn't build. I don't know about you, but I feel a major responsibility that says I've got to build my house. And it all, and how I build my house depends on how we obey this word. We can't take it lightly. We can't take the word of God as a good suggestion and we'll be okay if we don't do it. No, 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 no. It's about building our homes. It's about building a place for our children. It's about building a place for our future. It's about building a place for eternity. That's why the Word of God is so full of power. Let's stand. Last but not least, Scripture text that I use where the Word of the King is. There is power. Can I tell you on this Sunday morning, there are 66 books of Jacob of the word of a king. There's not a problem you and I can face that we can't find the answer to it. There's not a circumstance in life that we'll go through that we can't find help with. There's not an answer that we're looking for to help us that we won't find in this word of God. Oh, I know it's been tampered with. And I know people have changed or tried to change the definitions and the interpretations. But God's word is not to be private, not to be interpreted by anyone but him. The Bible says it is of no private interpretation. It is forever settled in heaven. It don't matter what I think. Hello? I'm not going to be judged by what I think or how I interpret it. But Daniel, I'm going to be judged by what God thinks because it's his word every head bowed and every eye closed and I do apologize for being long winded but I want to reach for people today God have I taken your word for granted God, have we somehow lost it in the house of God? Have we somehow lost its value, its priority, its importance in our families? I mean, go read about Israel. They had to talk about it at the table. They talked about it when they rose up, when they went to bed. Why? Because it is the number one thing in our life is the Word of God. If you're here today and you need the Holy Ghost if your world isn't going right if your heart is empty and bankrupt if you've been struggling maybe you're a saint of God and you've you got the Holy Ghost but the Word of God has just not been present like it should I want to open these altars and they're open from the beginning of the service but I want to invite you to come and pray say Lord help me have a revival of the word of God in my life help me have a revival of your word in my life
Come on. I got to take this word to heart. I got to obey it, God. I got to build my house upon a rock. 